Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 214 of Sap King's Therapy. Uh, the summer or the off season is just about over. Uh, the weather's getting a little colder. And when it, when it does, it means that the NBA season is approaching. And did we get a reminder of that because the news just keeps coming in? I don't think I'll be able to get through everything today. But um, yeah, the uh, start of the season is coming. Media day, I believe, is next week. So yeah, it's about to start. And yeah, I'm excited for it. And so is my co-host. He is here with me, Fong. Yes, hello. Are you ready for this upcoming season? Uh yeah, I'm pretty excited. I I just want I just need to know how good this team is in the start of the season. And then uh, you know, have the emotions flow throughout the rest, I guess. We will still be doing a few more previews. Um, like per, like I I'm guessing like once we have like the cuts for the team, we're gonna do just like projected starting lineup, projected bench lineup, and then the third unit. Uh we'll go through some of that and yeah, as of now, um, we just have to keep just talking about speculative stuff with the Kings because there wasn't that much this week other than just rankings. We'll get to those in a bit. Um, but uh, let's start with this. Uh, the Suns, or it wasn't even reported really, but it was a piece of news. But basically, during the summer, there were talks about the Suns trading for Harrison Barnes. And now there wasn't much of a package associated with it. Um, the, I guess there are like, there are guys up from the Suns that I want. I just don't know if the uh, Suns would give them up. Like, what would your, what would you want from the Suns in a Harrison Barnes trade? Mm, I would take a forward back, possibly Cam Johnson and maybe, uh, probably another guy, depending on, you know, their salary. Uh, would you take Mikel Bridges if that's the case? Why is that a question? Fuck yeah, I would take my Mikael Bridges. You kidding me? <laughs> no, they're, they're not giving up Mikael Bridges in that. Um, they probably would give up Dario Sarge. Will probably be the salary filler for him. I, I forgot how much he makes, but I imagine it'd be close to being enough. So yeah, D- Dario Sarge and Cam Johnson, like I would do that. Like mm-hmm. w- with no draft picks involved, because I don't think you'll get a draft pick from the Suns for that. I, I mean, you could squeeze one out of them. That'd be great. Um, but like, you know, Cam Johnson, like he, he kind of, the tricky thing about him, he's actually more of a four than a three, although he's about a three size player, but you know, he, he can play the three is what I mean, but he's not really a three, but he kind of, you know, fulfills a good portion of what Harrison does. He's got some size, you know, he plays hard. He's a dead eye shooter. So like he will be the perfect fit on this team and you'll be getting younger and you know, that would check all the boxes. The issue is I don't know if the Suns even offer that uh, package. Like, do, would, are were they even willing to give up Cam Johnson? Maybe they want us to take campaign. No, I'm not that interested. So, <laughs> you know, like if Cam Johnson is involved in that deal, I would think about pulling the trigger. Yeah, the more I think about it, yeah, the more I don't think the Suns would do it. And I'm already surprised that, you know, the Suns would want someone like Harrison Barnes in their team uh, because you're going to have to give up quite a decent asset back just to get him for sure. Well, the thing is there, I mean, like, you know, I know the breakdown in game seven was embarrassing, 
They were the best team in the league last year. And granted, I don't think they would have beaten the Warriors even had they beaten the Mavs. But like they are a piece or they are like a tiny piece away, arguably, from from, you know, being a championship team. And Harrison Barnes kind of like, you know, Harrison Barnes is a guy that would elevate you, I think, just enough to get to that level. Now, there are there's weird stuff that could happen, but like he he is a perfect piece for a championship team. And it makes sense. It would be interested in him. Um, so th- th- there was that. But the reason why it never really materialized was the Kevin Durant saga. Mm. The Suns wanted to, you know, keep all their bullets for a Kevin Durant trade. It didn't happen. So, you know, like I think late, like after that, they kind of, you know, called the Kings again and try to restart talks. But as you can see, uh, Harrison Barnes is still on the Kings. So I assume those talks aren't going anywhere. Yeah, let's we'll see. But most likely, I'd rather keep um, Harrison Barnes than whatever the Suns would be offering. Uh, look at, you know, their lineup. And you have mentioned, I don't think they would give a pick to us anyway. Well, like if I'm trading Barnes and just getting Cam Johnson back, I'm okay with that, honestly, because. Barnes is in his last year of this contract. And if Barnes is not willing to sign an extension, I'd rather just trade him now, honestly. Mm. And especially if, if, you know, for a good piece. And Cam Johnson is a good piece. Yeah, that's interesting now that you mention it. I mean, we we still have quite a few months away from the trade deadline anyway. So, I mean, anything could happen. And maybe the Suns will change your mind uh, by the end of that deadline. Yeah, we'll see like what happens. There is a chance um, that you that you know Harrison Barnes could be traded midseason, and uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, right now, it's just the dog. It, it's we're coming out of the dog days of summer, but still, nothing is happening on the Kings' front. Other than a few signings, uh, Quinn Cook and Kent Bazemore officially signed today. Um, I honestly like this is weird because like they've been announced for a while, like, you know, on Twitter, but now they've officially been announced by the Kings. And one way you can actually keep track of this is checking the Kings Instagram. <laughs> that is literally, I think, how you have to track them unless you want to snoop through Twitter. But, you know, that's up to you. Oh, OK. I, I actually didn't know they weren't signed by, uh, from us uh, <laughs> until today, really. Well, like the thing is, I actually sp- uh, checked on Spo Track. The only one that was signed about like two weeks ago was Della Vadova. Like yeah, Casey Alpala okay. signed last week, and then Ken Bazemore and Quinn Cook signed this week. Uh, still no details about those uh, about those contracts. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not even sure if they announced Sam Merrill yet. Actually, mm, that's right. Geez, that's another guy. I forgot who's in the team yeah so things are like they're happening but like there's such small things that you know like they're not much to talk about like we knew about these signings for a long time but um training camp will start soon and we'll see you know who makes the cut we shall see uh okay uh so cbs sports um came out with an article uh, a ranking uh, not really an article uh basically giving their top 22 uh point guards and if you're wondering why there's 22 i don't know <laughs> like i would <laughs> thought like you know end at 25 or something but they end at 22 and curiously um the the kings's rankings are you know 
let's just let's just say a bit controversial let's just say um so there are 22 players um so Steph Curry was number one Luca was number two do you want to take a guess where Fox was ranked (laughs) I'm not gonna lie he must have been ranked 22 he was 22 and you know Kings fans were really you know rightfully angry about it but to a certain degree I almost don't blame these writers because like Let's be honest, probably don't watch the Kings. They probably just looked at stats. They probably just looked at team success. And this team has not had much success. And when this team hasn't had as much success, the thing that it tells you is that, you know, De'Aaron Fox is not a transcendent player that can elevate his team to the very top. And that's unfortunately where, um, you know, where De'Aaron Fox is. And like this, while this ranking, I think is bullshit overall, I can get where they're coming from. I'll cut them a little bit of slack, but you know, come on. Um, go ahead. Oh, were there any noble names that you would consider, you know, Fox being over those guys? So this is, well, this is one thing I heard. I didn't, I, I didn't look through in the, all the rankings, but like, you know, Jalen Brunson is above him, for example, oh. like okay. Jalen Brunson is a nice player, but you put, you put Fox next to Luca. They're probably a better team. Just gonna just gonna assume that. That's how much I see. That's how highly I see. Um, I see De'Aaron Fox. But uh, the next question: Where do you think Halliburton was ranked? Ooh. And so you already you already said Fox was twenty two. So mm-hmm. you know he's not he's not below. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Knowing these riders. He must have been top 15. Uh, no, he was not top 15, but he was oh. top 20. He was number 20. Okay, number 20. Who's 21, if you know? I, I just said Jalen Brunson. Uh, oh, okay. and, and, anyways, <laughs> um, but like this is the kind of thing that does annoy me a little bit. Look, there, there's no real debate there. Like, you know, we I got caught up in a little bit while Halliburton was here. But like De'Aaron Fox is a better player than than Halliburton. Whether you want to talk about point guard skills and stuff, I think ultimately, just as a creator, I think De'Aaron is better no matter what. Mm-hmm. But like this love affair that Halliburton gets, and you know, rightfully so, great with the media, you know, really fun player to watch for the most part, and just you know, a very a very like good player. But yeah. like he's the kind. Oh, sorry to cut you off, but like he's the kind of player where if you watch the highlights, he's wonderful. Like if you don't watch the full games, the full body of work, it's he's a wonderful like player. Like doesn't make mistakes, can shoot. You know, can like amazing at setting up teammates, and you know, like I get it. But if you watch the full games for the like, he disappears for stretches. I mean, granted, De'Aaron does it too. But like Halliburton will just kind of disappear for stretches, absolute sieve on defense. And, you know, there, there are, there are like drawbacks to his game that probably should take his ranking down a little bit, but the internet just loves Tyrese Halliburton and I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we all love Tyrese, of course, but what's more interesting is that, you know, for the most part or, you know, for yeah the most part of Halliburton's career he also played in the same team as Fox so I mean comparing them together it's kind of I, I would still say Fox is you know above Halliburton and it's kind of weird to put him above Fox 
since you know Fox has you know shown more, I guess you could say, promise and upside to his game than what Halburn has. And you know, Halburn in his own right is a great player himself, but Fox, I mean, he, he has shown a lot more in my opinion. I remember getting into a, getting into a little bit of an argument with one of my uh, coworkers who watches the Kings. Well, he doesn't really watch the Kings, as he oh. constantly tells me. Uh, but the, he he was saying like De'Aaron doesn't pass enough. He needs to tap pass like Tyrese. And then I I brought up to him, who are they passing to? Buddy Heal. <laughs> They're passing to Buddy Heal, who's going to jack up a shot. Passing it to you know Davion, who you know shot thirty two percent, I think, from three last year. Passing a Chemezi Metsu, who shot like 28%. Like, granted, Halliburton made it work, but like the record was pretty bad. Like, even with both of them in the lineup, it was pretty bad. Like, what I'm trying to say is that, like, the talent level wasn't there to like have them get the kind of assist. And of course, a point guard is supposed to get assists. And Halliburton fits that, fits that mold, but that doesn't really make him better than De'Aaron. Like, I, I know I'm kind of shitting on Halliburton here, and but, like, at the same time, let's not get it twisted. De'Aaron is the better player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while it does say point guard, it is, I think it's a bit of a stretch to rank him above Fox. Uh, you know, it, the internet loves Halliburton. By the way, the internet loves Shea Gilsos Alexander. Um, let me check his ranking real quick. He was, like, oh. in the 10. He was, like, 12 or something. Oh, really? Like you talk about, you talk about a guy who doesn't win. Now, granted, it's not his fault at all, but at the same time, like if you use the Kings' logic, where like they just don't win, and just like that's why you have to like, that's why you have to, uh, you know, dock dock the uh, De'Aaron Fox points. Why does Shake Shay like get, I guess, a pass on that? Mm. You know? It doesn't make much sense. Uh, let me see. Okay, this is this is also funny. Uh, ben Simmons at number fourteen. That's Jeez. that's funny. Yeah, Shea Gilsas Alexander number eleven. Jamal Murray number ten hasn't played a hasn't played a game an entire year, but sure, he's number ten. <laughs> that kind of reminds me when you mentioned Ben Simmons. There was a joke about how he played more minutes in uh, Call of Duty than uh, him in the NBA four. Look, I, look, I'm not gonna make fun of him. Like they're. Granted, I think I thought it was ultimately bullshit. Like, there were mental struggles he was going through. And he did have a back injury. I don't know how he got it, but that that's... I'll give him a pass on that. And, <laughs> like, Philly doesn't deserve any mercy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of these days, they are gonna... One of these days, they are going to turn on Joel Embiid. Because Embiid... Like, Ben Simmons took a lot of heat off him. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh... It could be this year. It could be in the future. Who knows? But yeah, probably rank Fox above Simmons. That's where I'm at. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. So uh, and uh, so another just ranking list real quick. Uh, top top 100 players of um of or ESPN did a top 100 players in the league, and you want to guess who was the highest ranked on the Kings? On the Kings currently currently highest ranked huh i mean harrison barnes no he is on the list he's number 74 out of 100 interesting and it's not fox either no fox is on the list yeah but he's not the highest rank he is not the highest ranked 
Okay, Sabonis then? It is Sabonis. Yes, Sabonis oh. is number 47. De'Aaron's number 54. You want to guess who the fourth player is? Who's oh, the there... fourth man? Uh, can't be Davion, right? It is not Davion. Although I, I am kind of jaded that, he, well, granted, not really, because like he didn't have an amazing year last year. No. But... Please don't tell me it's Monk. Monk is not on the list. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Uh, gosh, uh, I'm just gonna say, oh, gosh, I was about to say Rashawn for some reason, but no, he's not the Rashawn, year right? previous, it might have been, but he's not on the list. Oh, really? Um, Kevin Herter, no, he's right, number 95. It's Keegan Murray, which. Honestly, raises a bit of an hey. eyebrow. Dude has not played an NBA game. He's somehow on this list. But, hey, you know what? Why not? Maybe, maybe finally the national media is showing the king some love. Okay. That's that's interesting, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, if he is, like, if he can, if he can make, if he's, like, you know, worthy of this ranking, the kings are going to be in a decent position. Oh, Okay, I didn't know they put rookies in so far. I mean, we've rookies only that seen... haven't played. I I know they've only we've only seen them in the summer league. So sure, I guess that's. I mean, it's it's nice that we get a fourth guy in there. I guess. Yeah. Um. Well, let's hope that the king. I I I'm hope, we're looking for Kevin Herter and probably Davion to make the list. We'll we'll see. But I was surprised that Kevin Herter was on wasn't on this list. But he's kind of been buried in the on the bench behind Bogey for the you know his entire career. So I kind of get where why he's not there. But I think he'll he'll make this list uh, this upcoming season. Hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so th- um, just to jump over to the Celtics for a little bit, uh, Robert Williams has a procedure on his knee. Um, I believe I forgot what is uh, I forgot what the procedure was called, but he is expected to be out four to six weeks. Um, basically, he's going to be out of training camp. And he's going to miss the start of the season. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because they probably are going to need a center to you know kind of just fill some minutes. And I just thought like. We have it. We have an abundance of centers. So, would they be interested in a Rashawn Holmes or maybe even Alex Len? Um, do you think that is there a player you would want back from the Celtics if if, if a trade oh. were to happen? Oh gosh, that's tough. I mean, first first thought would have been always Jalen Brown, but that's impossible. But um, looking at their roster. <sighs> Would you take Danilo? Hmm. I'm, I'm kind of... I want an actual play. Because, like, Danilo, I don't, I don't know if you heard, towards ACL. So, I, so hmm. like, he's actually just out, basically. Like, I mean, like, to take, to, like, just get off some salary, like, I, I would have done it, like, earlier in the offseason. But right now, I wouldn't do that. Like, I, I, Rashad is still a useful player. Like, if people kind of forgot about that. And you know, mm-hmm. like I, if if you were getting like Danilo back, I'd rather just keep Rashawn. There, there are salaries I think kind of match. No, actually, I think you need to put another uh, contract in there. Hmm. How about Grant Williams? 
Grant Williams is interesting. You would need yeah. another player. And I actually looked at the salaries. The salaries is actually really hard to do without including Derek White. Oh, really? Unfortunately. So while I just brought that up, and it's actually kind of a pointless question now, but there is basically nothing I want back from the Celtics that would make this worthwhile. I, I would actually love Grant Williams on this team. Like he, he is going to become probably a P.J. Tucker type player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking through the roster right now, and yeah, I can't really say what names to uh, be able to uh, be traded to us for a Sean, to be honest. Uh, one team, however, oh, sorry to cut you off, what were you about to say? Oh, no, go, just go on. But uh, The one team that is interesting, the Clippers. They don't. They have one center on the in the on the entire team, and it's Avisa Zubac. Like that's their mm-hmm. only real center. And granted, like they don't really play centers, but like if they want a little versatility, like he he could be a guy like I, Rashad. I mean, could be a guy like you could just kind of fill in and just play. Like Zubac can start, but I think Rashad could close for that team. Ooh, that's interesting. I would. I mean, I don't, I don't think Ter- is Terrence Van on the <laughs> is on the board for uh, trades. Um, I would. I would love to get Terrence Van. They would have to include another player. I just don't know who that other player is. Hmm. Uh, Ronnie Hood. I wonder how much he's making. It doesn't say on ESPN for me. Yeah, it doesn't say. I mean, Ronnie Hood's kind of done. I don't think he'll be any useful. Or of any use. Terrence Mann is the prize that I want. Like, I guess you can maybe, you know, do an Alex Len if they want Alex Len for some reason. But like, the the issue is they only they don't play centers, and you know he and Alex Len is not a versatile center. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, could be interesting, but I mean, there's no talks about that so far. So we'll see, I guess. But more than likely, Rashawn is gonna is gonna be on this team, and he's he fills a bit of a need on the defensive end, and like hope he has a bit of a bounce back year, you know. Yeah, yeah we'll I, I feel like both Rashawn and Harrison Barnes are gonna be traded by the deadline. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think both. I think one of them. Hmm. Which one do you think will go first? I I feel like Harrison. I think I feel like Harrison too, just because more teams have a use for him. Like, not to say that Rashawn isn't useful, but, like, Rashawn is a center, and center just are not very sought out on the market. Yeah, I mean, I keep on seeing the news of DeMarcus Cousins still around, I guess, and I don't think he picked up a contract anywhere yet. I don't think so either. Like, honestly, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he came back to the Kings, just because he does feel a need. He can still get buckets. Now, he can't really get buckets in volume, but he can get buckets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's also if he wants to come back, to be honest. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's uh, move on to our to the next point on my notes. So, 18-year uh, – so, there, it was announced that the CBA is getting – the CBA negotiations is getting close to an agreement to allow 18-year-olds – to be drafted, uh, to be eligible to be drafted once again, starting in 2024. Now, that does not mean that the one and done rule will be gone. 
but it does kind of lower the draft eligibility age to from 19 to 18. So they would still have to do one year of, you know, I think after high school or like something. They, they basically have to do one year of some sort, I think, like either college or professional basketball uh, before they can go into the league. But basically the age, the age requirement is lowered. Um, any thoughts on this at all or no? Not, not really. I mean, if they still have to play one year of some sort of professional basketball, whether it's college or, you know, I guess out of the United States or whatever program is out there in, in the nation. Um, yeah, it's going to be the same old, same old where draft scouts are going to have to look at everything again, to be honest. I mean, draft scouts, like actually for the most part, like the good ones anyway, already have these guys scouted for the most part. So, like, I don't think it affects them that much. It does affect the teams because they have to go through a lot more uh, prospects. But, like, I think it doesn't matter as much as people think just because, like, the, the older players are going to have an advantage. Like, the 19-year-olds that, like, like, the first year when this goes into effect, I don't think it affects it that much because, like, the 19-year-olds are going to be more mature. Their, their games are going to be more developed. And, like... You know, you would have to take a risk to be to be drafting someone straight out of high school, and you know, the I mean, teams still have second round picks. You can just throw a second round pick at one of these guys, and probably I think it affects more of like the second round, like the second round picks of the undrafted uh, players. Hmm. I guess, yeah. Like I said, I don't really have a say in this or have any thoughts about this. Maybe. Maybe when it comes closer, I, I guess things will change, but I can't see what major changes that would make to uh, towards the NBA draft, to be honest. I swear to God, you're going to come to me in a year. It's like, oh, oh my God, Owen, this this was this was huge. Like, why didn't you tell me about this? No, I, no, I, I did tell you. But um, but I, I think ultimately, the, the main thing I want to see is that, like, don't make it so like if the if the if the eighteen year olds declare for the draft and if they don't get drafted or they don't get signed by a team, don't just leave them out to dry. Like give them a bit of a pathway to some like to something. Like you know, make uh, allow them to still go to college, allow them to still you know go overseas or you know go into the G League. You don't want like a bunch of hopeful kids who may or may not have received good advice. And just hopefully, like, you can, like, you know, they can land, you can, like, provide a platform for them to land on to, you know, continue into their adult life. Because, you know, like, especially nowadays, now that we're a little bit older, I'm just like, you know, what what do we know when, when we were 18? You know, mm-hmm. you, you had to, you had to just almost put your trust into someone else giving you the right information. And unfortunately, when you are, like, at, in a kind of, like, in a position that a lot of these hopefuls are where, you know, uh, a lot of people want to take advantage of them, like they might not give them the best advice. And, you know, you just hope that the NBA has a system for them to be able to land on their feet. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, that that is an interesting thought if um, a player does go undrafted. I wonder how the NCAA would work that as well, because that's like the major, um, you know, I guess, place where <laughs> draftees come from. Yeah, I, I actually do hope that, you know, tradition starts to die out. But, like, college basketball is fun. But I just, I've, I've like, 
it is changing now. The tides have kind of changed. Like G, the G League Ignite is becoming somewhat of a viable option to go to, you know, hopefully make it into the NBA. But like, you know, the college is still the, the best way to be noticed by scouts and, uh, you know, to be hopeful to, for, you know, players to be, you know, hopeful to get drafted. So, you know, hope, but that like, I hopefully like there are just more choices for like the young, these young players to choose from instead of one giant corrupt monopoly that was once the uh, NCAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I feel like it'd be such an influx of, um, I guess, potential draft, I guess, prospects uh, to be coming into, uh, I guess, the foreseen um, drafts, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, I think ultimately it only really affects the like the like the mid to like the mid to sec like the mid first round to like the second round. Mm-hmm. There'll just be more talent in the pool, and like the right teams will be able to identify the right like players, no matter what. I think mm-hmm. uh, one of the rumors that I heard like back in the day, why the one and done rule was even implemented back in the day, was owners just could not help themselves but draft like 18 year olds, you know, you have success stories like Kobe, like KG, um, like even like Josh Smith, uh, Lou will and those guys. But then you have like the ones you never hear from again. And like, apparently like general managers and owners just said, can you just put this rule? So we just, so, so I just, so there's something to stop me from just drafting these guys. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, most of them, I, I mean, end up in the G League anyway to develop something, I guess. And I hope that uh, some of these guys would end up uh, getting developed, I guess. But, yeah, I, I, it, it's going to suck if there's a lot more, um, I guess, but more potential draft or uh, draftees that get ended up uh, left out after 60. Yeah, we'll we'll see how this works out. But like, I mean, the reality is this is to get Bronny James in the NBA. Um, oh. it's, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how good he is. I've not heard great things. I heard he's maybe a mid first rounder, but he's probably going to end up on the Lakers. Some, I, I don't I don't yeah. even think I don't even think they have their draft pick during that year. Well, we'll see how it works out. I mean, I guess, can he come undrafted to the Lakers somehow? Probably not, just because basically LeBron has actually essentially said, like, whoever drafts Bronny is going to get me too. <laughs> I see. So, you know, like, I mean, he will be the first player to ever play with his son. That is awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. But I mean, I wouldn't be the kind of guy that would, you know, purposely draft him just because LeBron is coming, to be honest. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be either, but like, we're not general managers. Like, you know, you got to sell tickets sometimes. And like, you know, like LeBron James will draw tickets, will draw crowds. Um, I don't know how that would exactly even work, to be honest, because like, it's not like he's going to be easily traded to another team. Just that, I don't know. Like, I think, I think he'll end up on whatever team, the, um, whatever team uh, LeBron ends up on. And, Honestly, it might be a huge mistake because Brownie, I heard, is not that good. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if, like, 
LeBron takes a vet minimum to whatever team Bronny gets. Uh, goes you know into. what? Why the hell not? <laughs> I don't think he'll give up the forty million that he's uh, set to make. But why the hell not? He's got money. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a interesting dot. All right. Okay. Well, so the big the big news of today. Um. So I have a horrible track record of this. It seems lately. When Vince McMahon announced he was retiring, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, bro. Um, when the sexual assault sexual assault allegations came out about him, I was like, he's too powerful to be canceled. It, he'll be fine. He won't, he won't be resigning anytime soon. And then, of course, he says he retires. I was like, oh, whatever. And then he says he reti- he's going to leave creative. I was like, oh, shit, this is, this is actually pretty big. So I've had a pretty bad track track record of this, saying that these powerful rich men who I I believe are beyond cancel culture are getting canceled. It, it just keeps happening. So, you know, on, on behalf of Knicks fans, I hope that James Dolan will forever be the uh, Knicks owner and nothing shady will ever come out about him. Uh, okay, let's get on to really no laugh. That's, that's, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Okay. You're, you disappoint me. Uh, okay. Uh, Robert Sarver. Uh, so he is uh, selling the Suns and Mercury today. He, uh, he, he announced and yeah, I, I, I had said uh, peace be like, he's an asshole. There, there's no, there's no doubt about that. He's not a great guy to be around. He, he flexes his power and just kind of like treats people like shit um, quite a bit. But it's not illegal to be an asshole, for better or for worse. And I thought he was going to be just fine. Uh, however, uh, it was announced there after that. Uh, LeBron James came out and said, "There, there's I. This report is really damning, and, and that the NBA needs to do something." Chris Paul said he was very disappointed about the report, and then also uh, PayPal was threatening to, you know, basically cancel their sponsorship in a year, not not immediately because. They want that sweet money. Um, they were going to cancel their uh, their partnership with um, with the, the Phoenix Suns um, in the, after this year. And then also a minority owner, the second. So Robert Sarver owns about 30% of the Suns. And this guy, the, the minority owner, owns, owns about like 20-something percent. He's like the number two guy. And he mm-hmm. said that he, he wanted, he wanted uh, Robert Sarver to resign. And lo and behold... Uh, today, he announced that he was going to be selling the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury as well. That's the uh, WNBA team, for those of you that don't know. So, first thoughts. Or what, what did you think? Right. Yeah, I, I'm surprised this is actually happening, not going to lie. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if this is the case, I mean, I feel like there's more stuff on him that uh, he didn't want to get out. And uh, he wants to get out early, to be honest. I mean, like, I this is one of those things. Like, I I want to say that cancel culture had nothing to do with this because it's not really cancel culture that got him. It's more probably the investors and the and his partners, like you know, all pressuring, like, or somebody just basically just said, like, here, like, if you can get him to sell, you can earn more money that way. And then they started to kind of pressure him. But but like if you think about it, like cancel culture, like on Twitter was kind of what started all of this, started this entire process of him now prop maybe probably gonna sell the team. We don't know if he'll like go back on his word, but 
they got him. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder who will take over. You think the number two guy would buy more? So of the he majority? said. So he says he does not want to be the majority shareholder. Ooh, that's interesting. So there will be a there will be a, a there will be you know somebody trying to buy up this buy up you know uh, Robert Sarvis's share. Uh, apparently, uh, Woj tweeted out announcing this and also saying that you know it's a like free agents love it's a free agent destination for its warm weather. That's putting it lightly. Uh, <laughs> but also, this is this was kind of my thought, like. You know, there were a lot of talks about, you know, Robert Sarver in the report. Like he thinks he's really funny. Like he he thinks he's he thinks he's a jokester. He, he makes a lot of, you know, let's just say out there jokes, like risque jokes. And he thinks he has a great sense of humor. Well, I'll just say he does not have a very good sense of humor at all. And honestly, had he just got a better sense of humor, had he read the room a little better, had he just gotten a little more self-awareness, maybe he wouldn't be in this position. And the main thing I want to focus on is his sense of humor, because this is how I know that he has, he does not have a good sense of humor. If he, if he like actually was a funny person. So he actually released a statement basically saying that, he basically said, said I forgot the exact wording, but he basically said that cancel culture got me guys. Like I got to resign because of this public pressure. If he had any sense of humor, he would have started that, that announcement by saying through my legal representation. Because that was the entire report that I found absolutely hilarious from Baxter Holmes' original. By the way, no, not another no laugh, just no sell. Just talk talk about having bad senses of humors. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> interested in what you were gonna say. That's why. Yeah, if, well, if you were listening, you would laugh. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyways, so like that's just how I know he just he's not a funny person. He just he 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 thinks he's funny, but you know, he's just not funny. He is the joker, he is walking feet. You know what, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix probably had better jokes than him than, you know, what he told. Anyways, ultimately, I guess it's a good day for the NBA. Now, it is up to him to actually sell it, and we'll see if he actually, like, you know, backs out of it. But if he does sell the team, hopefully it's to a better owner. Like, we went from Donald Sterling to, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Steve Ballmer. So, which that was a pretty good thing. And... You know, let's see who who decides to, you know, you know, flex some money and just buy up the Phoenix Suns. It is a I mean, it's a winning team right now. And it's not common that a winning team is up for sale. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, it's probably someone that we don't know. <laughs> I'm going to assume. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough rich people. to know. I'm going to I'm just going to take a wild guess. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> All right, let's change it up now after that wondrous uh, or a transition into commercial break. Uh, okay, so let's go over to some football. Um, we did want to talk about football last week, but we forgot, unfortunately. Um, probably a good thing because I would have been laughing at you because the 49ers lost last week, but this week they won. However, Bad news coming out as uh, Trey Lance is out uh, for the rest of the season with a broken ankle. Uh, Jimmy G, back from the dead, uh, will probably be the quarterback going forward, I think. Uh, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it sucks that Trey Lance has to go down with a season-ending injury, but, you know, 
at least we still have Jimmy as the backup. I mean, he's getting paid a pretty good price to be, you know, that quarterback where he was, uh, you know, in the past few years we had him. Um, but yeah, I don't mind him. Um, just so it was a little concerning that the second half was a uh, pretty scoreless until the end, but Hey, it is what it is. We won against Seattle. Uh, big plays by the defense, definitely. Um, pretty good, uh, whatchamacallit, runs by Debo and uh, catches by Uke. So, yeah, it, overall, I could see this uh, working out, but uh, we'll see because, you know, Jimmy still has the tenacity. Not, not tenacity. What, what's the word? I guess the same problems that we've had in the past. Uh, in my opinion, he still kind of throws either too high or too low for a lot of receivers. So. Too high is what I always hear with him. Yeah, for yeah, it's either for me, it's like too high or way too low. So yeah, he, so there was a quite a few throws that I saw that were like, ooh, we could have gone picked there. Or there, or there, or there. But surprisingly, no interceptions or uh, major turnovers by Jimmy as our quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it, it's come to this. Like, you know, they, I guess the 49ers were hoping that Trey Lance was the future. I mean, that future is going to have to wait for just a bit. But, you know, hopefully he does make a, you know, a full recovery for next season. But this season, do you think that, you know, that the chances of the 49ers winning the Super Bowl, do they go down at all for you? Yeah, I'd say so. I feel like they still have a decent chance of uh, making it. Um, for Trey Lance, I mean, I kind of wish he got this full season to play because, you know, this was supposed to be his developing season. Then next season will be like, okay, this is this is what we got to do to make it back to the Super Bowl. But, you know, since Trey Lance is out, it's pretty much, uh, what, how would I say it? I want to say it's back to square one. It's more of we're going to uh, do what we <laughs> that we've been doing for the past few years and uh, hopefully get far, I guess. So, so square two. Yeah, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty much like it's pretty much the same team really <laughs> since last year just a lot uh, better acquired defense i'd say and a few pieces here and there i mean you guys were close like to making the super bowl like and you know could have had a good chance of probably even winning the super bowl like you guys were a few, like a play or two away so i i personally well i don't watch enough football to really know i think you guys are fine although personally We'll probably want you guys to lose <laughs> just because uh yeah. y'all y'all obnoxious <laughs> uh I'm, I'm a little more disappointed that george kittle is out um but you know it is what it is he, i mean he is in my fantasies so and uh funny enough uh i really thought uh jimmy garoppolo was gonna score more points in fantasy than my um starting quarterback which is kyle murray which my gosh he was pretty much god awful for the first few quarters then he popped off in the fourth and over was he the guy that he was the one that played against the raiders right yeah was he the one that like literally the guy stopped and he just ran into the end zone um 
I mean, he was he was he was running around. <laughs> he was like just and then, juking like, everyone. And then yeah, the the raider guy just stopped because he didn't know where he was going, and then he just ran right into the end zone. Yeah, I mean, he uh, those kind of quarterbacks, the tricky ones, they they get you points definitely. But you know, being a quarterback that runs. Uh, which is kind of like what Trey Lance is, I guess, trying to develop into, uh, kind of like that uh, secondary running back type uh, player. Um, yeah, you could get injured pretty badly. And, you know, yes, surprisingly, I'm surprised he didn't even get touched till, why well, he, he didn't get touched at all, actually. Well, unfortunately, yeah, he's gonna have to sit. And yeah, I do, I do feel for 49ers fans on that one. But you know, on to the next guy, and you guys have a pretty decent second option. Now, granted, once you get closer to the playoffs, that's that's where it gets a little shaky. But mm-hmm. you you guys aren't in a bad position, so yeah, don't don't fret too much. Uh, you know, enjoy what was a wild weekend because uh, I watched the highlights um, back and. There were what three games where like the other team came back or like it was like really close. And then all of a sudden the team that was down actually came back. I think Dolphins came back against who was it? And then I think Bengals and uh I already forgot. I, I forgot the names. I know the Dolphins came back and then the Cleveland Browns blew it against the Falcons. That was really funny. Um, yeah, it was a crazy weekend of football. Yeah, <laughs> pretty crazy indeed. Uh yeah, definitely the Dolphins one. I forgot how many points they scored in the fourth quarter alone. Like it was a absurd amount. Wasn't it like twenty eight, like to two or something like that, with like eleven minutes to go or some shit like that, and then they somehow won. Yeah, something like that. It it was a high scoring game, and it was like what a possession, uh, in terms of points difference. So yeah, it was a it was a pretty close game for sure. Ah, Cleveland. What a city. Uh, okay. Well, um, that's enough for football. Uh, let's transition over some wrestling. Now, the, not much has happened thus far this week. Although, um, for those of you, sorry if you, you haven't watched AEW, uh, Paige uh, or Soraya just debuted on AEW. That's actually pretty cool. But the reason why we're talking about wrestling is because Fong actually went to the uh, last or this week's Raw in uh, San, Jose, San Jose. Yeah, SAP Center. Okay, yeah. How how so? How was it first of all? And you know, did you enjoy the experience? I mean, I, I of course I've been to other Raws and Smackdowns and etc. But um, I gotta say, it started real high. The bar was set real high with that Bobby Lashley and Seth freaking Rollins. For the United States uh, Championship, started real high. It was a good match. It felt long. Not gonna. It lie. was about a twenty-minute match, I think. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> a lot of what you might call it, fake outs and whatnot. False but, finishes. Yeah, false finishes. Especially what's was what it? Um, Lashley stopping uh, <laughs> Seth's stomp. I was like, what? <laughs> He could do that. Well, he, he, he have you seen the muscles on that man? He, he has muscles in places where I didn't know you could get muscles. So yeah, that was a that was a first. I would say ever. I would I want to say it was the first ever that uh, anyone would stop a Seth stomp like that. So <laughs> that was it was interesting. Um, 
I kind of didn't expect Matt Riddle to come out, to be honest, to, you know, uh, distract stuff. Well, now, if you did watch the game, you would have expected it. Watch <laughs> the game. I mean, watch, watch WWE in general. You, you would have expected it. I see. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't wanting Lashley to win, to, you know, retain. Um, I'm assuming he's a face, right? He is a face, yes. So, yeah. I mean, he deserves the win. It was a... I would say it was a very good match. Uh, like I said, it set the bar high for the rest of the Raw um, for me. So, <laughs> yeah, the rest of the show, in my opinion, were, you know, kind of dwindled down a little, kind of calmed down. But definitely this was, I want to say, one of the best matches of the night. It probably was the best match of the night. But the other part that I heard a lot of news about, I'll be honest, didn't watch the show. I watched the highlights. Don't even remember what was on the highlights. And then listened to a little bit of Russell talk. But the, the other segment that that Russell Talk specifically talked a lot about, the Dominic Mysterio promo. There were a lot of boos go, going down during that time. Uh, what, what was that segment like? Yeah, it was, it was loud. Everyone was booing. And to be honest, don't know what the story was behind this other than, you know, him and Ray Mysterio are somehow involved in all of this and whatever Ray Ripley has, whatever cult she has. I, I, I don't know, to be honest, but yeah, it was some of the loudest boos I've ever heard on a guy that I didn't expect to get that loud of boos since, um, you know, the ending of hell in the cell in Sacramento. So uh, yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't, that was, incredible but not not in the way that not in a good way um the hell in the cell match but um did, did you see the um was it the judgment day entrance with like the purple angel wings yeah like when that one part where it goes Dum, is that like a really loud sound mm, i'm not gonna lie the sap center's um audio system is terrible like there's some parts where I couldn't understand the wrestlers uh, when they like did their promos, especially especially um, what you call it, especially uh, what's their group's name, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when they were doing their promo, I was like, "What are they saying?" It's I couldn't understand half of the, what they're saying just because the audio was terrible in that arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I am just wondering, like, because that that sound effect on their entrance. Like when it goes, like you can always hear the crowd go, whoa, like that. So I always wonder if that's like really loud sound. Because I remember when we went to a No Mercy, I believe in 2016, mm-hmm. like the the opening pyro, like that was an incredibly loud sound. Mm. Actually, I did record uh, their entrance. So maybe I'll look back in the, and see if I could catch it. But ultimately, like, did, did you have a lot of fun uh, on that episode? Because, like, well, the thing, one of the reasons why I didn't want to go, part of it is it is in San Jose. I just didn't want to drive all the way out there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, Raws and Smackdowns, they're such a crapshoot in terms of quality. Like, you can yeah. never really predict if they're going to be good or not or if it's worth your time. Sometimes it legitimately could be the worst waste of three or four hours of your life. Yeah, in my opinion, I kind of was dozing off in some of these uh segments and uh matches not gonna lie so it was overall okay like i said the bobby washi match kind of set the bar very high for me and the rest of it was just hit or miss 
But uh, have, uh, did you know that there was the, I guess they call it the White Rabbit um, song come out and whatnot? I heard about that. It's supposed, so like, it, it could, it's two possibilities. So, uh, so Carrying Cross's uh, Lucha Underground name, I believe, was White Rabbit. It could be alluding to him, or it could be alluding to Bray Wyatt returning. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> everyone had their phone, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, lights on. So I was like, and this and this feels kind of like Bray Wyatt, but I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I actually don't know what he's doing nowadays. He's basically like, Basically, ever since he got released, he's been hesitant to come back because part of it is like he is commanding a really high price before he got released. Like he was like he was a notch below Brock, like in terms of pay. But Brock makes a lot of fucking money. So I I don't know how much money he was making, but it was a lot. And basically, he's priced himself out of like the small time companies like Impact and even to a certain degree, AEW. And He's also been working on horror projects. The guy is an absolute creative genius. And like, you know, he's probably got his own projects going on and he's he's not been in a rush to come back. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting for him to come back because I don't know what he's going to be doing, to be honest. Uh, yeah, but I, I think I, I kind of am looking forward to it because like he is a creative genius. At the same time, I don't know what to expect. I, I wouldn't be that like, I wouldn't be that sad if he didn't come back. I'll just yeah, say that. I see. But if he were to come back, I feel like he would have to redo his own gimmick and do something fresh and new, to be honest, yeah. to make it worthwhile. You know what? Like, we said that before The Fiend, and look how amazing The Fiend was before the Hell of a Cell. But, like, you know, like, The Fiend, the build-up to it was amazing. Like, the, that, like, revived his entire character, and it was the best thing in wrestling in a time when AEW was like, you know, it, it it hadn't they hadn't started their shows yet. But at the same time, like they were the most hyped thing in the world. But it was number two, like behind The Fiend. That's how good The Fiend was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, other than that, uh, you have any thoughts about uh, the Bailey match versus Alexa Bliss? I didn't really hear much about it. What happened? Mm. I mean, you know, Bailey won. She's from San Jose. She everyone is from che- San Jose, yes. Yeah, everyone cheered for her. So, yeah, there's that. I mean, it was a decent match, I'd say. Um, let's see. I mean, what yeah. other matches were there? Um, the Rey Mysterio and Matt Riddle versus Judgment Day one was kind of kind of weird, I guess. It was, an, I would say, subpar match, in my opinion. No, it was an okay match. Just the ending, you know, of uh, Dominic begging for mercy, I guess, from his dad uh, to take the hit uh, for, I mean, whoever, I forgot who, to be honest. And Ray didn't do it. I mean, there's that. I mean, there could there could be something to it. I mean, I'm not that into Dominic for the most part. I'm not into that storyline for the most part. But Rhea Ripley makes that storyline work, but she can only do so much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think uh, the only uh, good thing about Judgment Day, in my opinion, is uh, Rhea Ripley, to be honest. She is the unofficial leader after they really stupidly kicked Edge out of the uh, group. So, but it, it, I will, I mean, we'll, we'll give, we'll give it time to develop. Like Triple H has kind of earned 
a, a little bit of leeway in terms of just like being able to build stuff he's done a good job but there are there he does have blind spots he's not perfect and it's starting to show a little bit and we'll just see how they fix themselves out of this one because like without edge they're not uh, they're just not the same if that makes any sense hmm. i see all right so all right last thing we'll talk about i mean it's gonna be it's a weekly thing we got to talk about it house of the dragon came out with a new episode and this episode um i'll be honest don't remember every single little detail but damon kills his wife uh and then renera renera basically gets arranged to marry i already forgot his name the the boy who was also gay now i'm not saying gay in a disrespectful way he likes men that that's his thing and they have a wedding it doesn't go well and then they have a shotgun marriage yeah i mean throughout the episode i guess yeah i mean it's like sure it's more of for political power i guess you could say i mean it's track the way that um i guess the king was talking to uh gosh i i keep on forgetting their name Corliss, i think is, is it Corliss? yeah Corliss is the sea is the sea snake's name yeah uh when they were talking about like whether or not whose name's gonna they're gonna keep or like their kin's name and whatnot and who's gonna be you know the the you know, like the true ruler and i mean i'm like gosh it's it's just all about power <laughs> which is you know rightfully so <laughs> sure <laughs> but, uh, like, uh you pick you picked a part i would have never talked about but um but like the thing i just thought it was interesting like that you know the the the, the guy is gay I, I just thought i just thought i did for some reason that really caught me off guard and it and like they you know they foreshadowed it really well apparently according to the dad you just grow out of being gay which i thought was pretty mm. which i thought was a it's a pretty fucked up statement but at the same time i just thought it was a little funny you just grow out of it he you know he'll grow out of it out of age and, and then you actually find out oh yeah he he's gay like you don't grow out of that no that's not how it works mr a sea snake yeah i'm, I'm surprised it's pretty um I guess well known between the I guess the higher ups in the houses that he was a uh, homosexual, but uh, yeah, it, it was also interesting that Renero was trying to I guess give a middle ground for him too, for her to do her own thing and him to you know you know do his own thing, but I mean when it comes but, to that, but but his side bitch had some had his own motives yeah i'm not gonna lie that kind of that threw me off too when it happened because i, I already forgot his name what was the was was the dude was was homie's name sir sir kristen sir kristen come on sir kristen come on man you got the best gig going and you're gonna get all emotional you're gonna catch them feelings is basically what he did yeah it's gosh like i know he was upset about um you know, I'm already, I'm already forgetting names too. Uh, what's, what's the guy's name that pissed him off? I actually don't remember his name. Just from, from, I just, we'll just call him uh, the lover. The lover, yeah. 
I mean, he, he pissed, uh, the Weber pissed him off. So it's, it's, I first, like, here's the thing. I, I, I can't look, I can't be in his shoes, like being taunted that way. It, you know, he pushed a, he pushed a certain button with, with what he said. But like, man, to, like that's that's what set you off. Come on, like it it wasn't that direct. I thought like the insult that he that he threw at Kristen. I I feel like he was more upset on Rhaenyra choosing the crown over him because you know he he did ask that they both should run away from um, all of this. <laughs> so, look, I, listen, listen. I, I'm not I'm not in a position. I'm not in the position that Sir Kristen is. I don't know how he feels. I'm just saying, you get to fuck the queen, no strings attached. How? Why are you complaining? I'm sorry. I feel no sympathy towards Mr. Kristen. But he has soiled his white cloak. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, could, I could, like when he said that. I'm like, come on, man. He you is. have the queen. <laughs> you have the queen. A, a very horny queen, but by the way, who, Millie Alcock has a really funny, horny face. And also, find you someone that you make as horny as as a Damon makes Rhaenyra. Like, my oh God. my God. Sexual tension between them. I, I couldn't believe that she's still into it during her wedding with Damon. And I'm surprised Damon even showed up, too. Yeah, he, that's a that's a gangster ass move. He basically dare y- y'all want to say anything, <laughs> bitch, bitch. I dare any of you to say something. For for the like for the yeah latter part of the wedding, I'm like Damon's up, up to something. He's gonna do something. There's there's no way that he's here for not for this stuff to not go down. But no, but he, I get. I mean, he almost pissed off the king, but no. oh no, you know he was about well, he kind of well. He was about to, yeah. I mean, he was make he was about to like make out with Rhaenyra again in front of everyone this time, like with a direct with a line drive right at the king too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, behold, Sir Kristen saves the day. It saves the day, quote unquote. By yeah, just I I don't know where this is going. Well, I kind of know where this is going, but like that was that was it was a weird episode. I'll just say, um, just. You know, it, it's a, it was basically it's a political marriage that has basically fallen apart. I mean, it's called House of the Dragon. I mean, if you know kind of how the timeline works, if you watch the original uh, Game of Thrones, Targaryens are basically extinct. So, like, I kind of already knew that this was going to somehow fall apart. And still, I'm still kind of caught off guard by how it falls apart. Like, why can't it just work out? Why can't he just marry, you know, the, the sea snake's son? And they live happily ever after fucking their side bitches. Eh, I guess it's never ever gonna work that way because you know this is Game of Thrones. This is George R. R. Martin. It never goes the way you think it's gonna go because it's Game of Thrones. By the way, Damon was making advances at the uh, now f- now rather not fully grown, but like she's grown up a little bit. The, the princess. No. Mm-hmm. Are are we talking about the what you call it the preview? Not the preview. No, she he was talking to to the princess. Remember? Oh, oh, the sea snake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um. So she's all grown up now. Maybe the king should have taken her. You know, maybe it's easier to swallow now. But like, man, she was a kid. 
And like she was literally like it's, nine, at like just a few episodes ago. I mean, it's it's still hard to swallow. I'm not gonna lie, with um, you know, the king's uh, I guess. Look, look, it's age. easier for us to say because we are we do, we're not we don't have the pressure of an entire kingdom on, on our fingertips. But he done fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I I I guess you could say. Um, other than that, I mean, there is a lot to talk about in this episode, like little details as well. But I mean, I guess let's jump to the what you call it, the preview to the next episode because, my gosh, what a time skip for sure. We'll see. I, like, we'll see. Like, if it if it is like this is if this is the last episode we see of Millie Alcock, and I forgot who plays uh Allison. Oh, the next episode is going to get a lot of hate because like at this point, like I've, I've grown attached a little bit to like Millie Alcock as the, as Rhaenyra and then to just switch it up to another actor. That's going to be a huge change for a lot of people to get used to start getting used to. And they're not going to take well to it. We know how the internet works. Not looking forward to that yet. I'm I'm looking forward to like the next episode, but like this new adjustment is going to take some time to, you know, get, get used to. Yeah, I mean, regardless of you know the actors and actresses, um, I mean the king's still there. I'm I'm assuming Sir Kristen's still there, if I remember correctly. I believe so. Yes, the, the same actors, by the way. But my gosh, that king—he <laughs> should have been dead like twenty years ago, in that timeline. Well, you know, you shave you shave a little bit of hair, and you're okay. Like he just. You know, he just balled it a little bit. Apparently, we'll, we'll right. see what state he's in because, like, he he was gonna die. Right. He there, was gonna die. Oh, there is the no, There is no way those leeches helped him survive that long. He has to have that, um, I guess, herbal medicine that that one other nurse was uh, mentioning uh, to, uh, I guess, the the head doctor. Well, whatever he has, like maybe chemotherapy. I don't know. Like, since he's balding, but. Like whatever he did, it seemed to have worked, and if he lasted long enough for them to change actors. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, for sure, Rhaenyra. Well, it seemed like she had uh, kids, but we don't know who yet. I guess. I'm guessing it's the sea snakes. I'm, or maybe it's Sir Kristen. We never yeah. know. Who knows? But definitely, um, the sea snake's son is he's gonna have some sort of a grudge against uh you know the targaryens by the way how the hell did that guy even realize he just looked over and said that's the side bitch. that's who how how do you tell like he's yeah. not even looking that way really like maybe like there's a bit of like there's a bit of a scornful eye that he like you know looks at uh Rhaenyra, but at the same time he looks at him for like a second or looks at her for like a second is like that's the side bitch that's him yeah that that is weird i mean i guess there's not that many guys that they could have thought of or because you know sir kristen's been around right now pretty much 24 7 at this point um i'm surprised they haven't uh heard about the talks about damon <laughs> with uh, right well they probably did but you know probably just 
it's weird how news spreads around the realm in, in the world of Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones has always been interesting how like the war, like they had these, uh, it's not been talked about yet during this series, but there is, there's what's called Master of Whisperers. And it's like, it's literally the, it, it's literally the um, Game of Thrones version of Shams and Woj. Guys mm-hmm. that just know everything and just, you know, tweet out everything to, to like their masters essentially. And, it, it, they haven't done it yet in this series, but I'm interested in like, you know, if they're going to inc- incorporate those guys, because they do mention them um, in earlier in the, fir- in the first episode or so. Hmm. Wait, how, how do you get the information? Because ravens, not... ravens, birds. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't like acquired this type of technology uh, in this uh, era. Well, I, I think, I think it is here. I just think they haven't talked about it yet. Mm. Mm. that's interesting i guess i mean like you said it hasn't been talked about yet but so far i mean i think we got enough information from it (laughs) each and every one of them so far yeah i mean i'm i'm excited for next episode we'll see if they change the actors in the next episode i am I mean, like the, these are appointment viewing, and uh, yeah, looking always looking forward to the next episode. They know how to end these episodes just perfectly. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm assuming there's going to be six more episodes, or however many, because I can't. I I actually do think uh, I could see the season ending soon with um this kind of time skip yeah we'll we'll see i mean i I assume it's gonna be around 10 to 12 episodes maybe like 8 to 12 but the they haven't been very long episodes for the most part so i'm i'm gonna assume it's around 12 yeah so far all the actors and actresses played a very great role in whatever character they're playing um just still want to see what damon's scheming because that's still kind of in the air so far yeah, he seems like he's going to last for a while. He ain't going to die anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to uh, talk about quickly before we call it an episode? Uh, not that I know of, but I don't know. Since uh, football has started, I mean, I'm wondering how WWE is faring off because you know, they had a horrible Monday. In yeah. Terms of ratings. There, there was two football games on that Monday. I, I thought it was three. No, I'm pretty sure it was two. It's two. Okay. Well, either way, it really affected Raw. Yeah. So, no, there's no Friday night football, I don't think. But <laughs> if that's the case, geez, <laughs> that'd be terrible. But yeah, other than that, I don't think I have anything so far. Still, of course, waiting for news to come out. Uh, I mean, football season is here, so I will be. Or I'll be watching that closely. Um, in terms of WWE, I'm still trying to catch up. Not going to lie. Trying to catch up and you never will. Because <laughs> you'll never watch it. This is, I think we already figured out the uh, patterns of this. Uh, uh, well, I guess uh, the one thing uh, I did buy. So there's this uh, website called Surrealix. And they basically make these really creative ass uh jerseys um regarding players and i originally wanted to get a uh a Quaza jersey for one of our buddies 
um, you know, with his custom name on it. Unfortunately, that was sold out. And I believe the option was like Jason Tatum. And I don't know if he'll like that. Ended up not getting that. However, I did see that they had an Oakland Steph Curry one with Squirtle. And just and then I saw it was one left in stock. And out of impulse, I bought the jersey. So now I have a Squirtle Oakland jersey with Steph Curry's name on the back. So oh. that, that, that's that's what's happened. That's what something I did uh, this weekend that I don't know if it'll give me a good purchase. Um, and also, it's a bit on the tighter end because, uh, yeah, because I ordered a small. Oh, is this like um, like the actual official jersey is just drawn or printed on top? No, it, it's a it's a custom jersey. Oh, so it's not like the official jersey. It is not the official jersey, but it is fucking cool. I now mm. I now own a Squirtle Oakland Steph Curry jersey. Can you do you own a Steph Curry Oakland uh, Squirtle jersey? <laughs> I don't think I will ever. <laughs> then you can suck a fat one. I now I am now superior. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that. That's my story for uh, for the week, I guess. Um, yeah, just a, a bad impulse um, buy. Um, uh, what's the word? Purchase. There we go. So that's a bad impulse purchase, but I kind of don't regret it. Okay. <laughs> well, I learned that. I guess we'll see you guys next week. Uh, probably next week. Uh, I uh, we are planning to record a Naruto episode, but that probably won't be um, published this week because it's a lot of work to actually like watch all those episodes and then like take notes and then uh, actually like produce it. So that will take probably take a little bit of time. It'll probably drop like sometime next week, but we will have an actual episode next week before we ramp up to probably two or three episodes a week uh, once the season starts. So that's the plan. Hopefully you've you've enjoyed these kind of longer form episodes. Um, it's been a, it's been actually a really rough summer for the most part, um, just in terms of content. But we managed to make it through, and we're about to start the next season. You know, okay, I'm excited. Yeah, SOI. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening to this one. Uh, we'll catch you guys back on the next episode, and yeah. which will probably come out next week. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later.